Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm Doris Hansen, and of course with our, uh, our co-host, Mormon, former Mormon Bishop Earl Erskine, we're Hi. here to continue to bring you information that will help you compare biblical Christianity with Joseph Smith's Mormonism. So thanks for being here, My Earl. My pleasure. Happy to be here. And As we discuss more about uh, what interesting stuff. this yeah. religious polygamy <laughs> that Joseph Smith brought to our culture. Yeah. This week we want to present some interesting information about the All Red Polygamy Group and hopefully inspire our polygamous viewers to check things out, to discuss of what you've been told is true because God expects each of us to verify what we believe and why and we want to help you do that. Now there are many different Mormon polygamy groups established in the Intermountain West. Each one is identified by a different name and each one has its own peculiar practices. But they all have a few things in common including that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God and that polygamy is a command of God and must be practiced in order to please God. One of those groups is called the All Red Group. It was originally referred to as the Woolley Group after its founder, Lauren C. Woolley, back in the late 1800s. Its official name now is the Apostolic United Brethren, or the AUB, but it's often referred to as the All Red Group because two of its leaders came from the All Red Polygamy Group or all red family of polygamists. Now the AUB has a temple in Ozumba, Mexico and a special endowment house where their headquarters are located in Bluffdale, Utah. In Utah they have polygamous communities in Cedar City, in Eagle Mountain, in Harriman, in Rocky Ridge, in Juwad County, in um, Mount, Pleasant, Mount Pleasant as well as other locations in the state of Utah. Outside of Utah they have members living in Lovell, Wyoming, in Mesa, Arizona, Pine Montana, in Missouri, and of course Ozumba, Mexico, as well as other locations. The All Red Group has somewhere between 7,500 and 10,000 members. Now each polygamy group believes and teaches that they alone are God's hand-picked elite and they each claim to be the only true kingdom of God on the planet and of course the LDS Church claims the same thing. As in all of Mormonism, the AUB have developed a priesthood authority that ministers ordinances and doctrines and asserts patriarchal control over its membership. Their priesthood authority is never to be questioned. Just like the Mormon Church, all the Mormon fundamentalists, including the AUB, rely upon the Book of Mormon for doctrine, as well as the other writings of Joseph Smith. They believe that the LDS Church is doing some of God's work, some of it, but the LDS lost their priesthood authority when they finally gave up polygamy in 1904. That belief is based on several warnings that were made by early Mormon polygamous leadership, and we have a couple of examples. The first one is from Heber C. Kimball. Yes, he said, Plurality is a law which God established for his elect before the world was formed for a continuation of seeds forever. It would be as easy for the United States to build a tower to remove the sun as to remove polygamy or the church and kingdom of God. 
So polygamy was abandoned by the LDS Church, and so, according to them, it no longer has the authority uh, to be the kingdom of God, according to Apostle Heber C. Kimball. And now we have another um, Yes, one this by is him. From, first, from the 1st of February, 1849. First Counselor Heber C. Kimball tells a Sunday school meeting that plural marriage would end, he said, when the church had gone to the devil or the priesthood taken from this people, then God would give it to another people. So according to Apostle, this Apostle, yeah, it, the, the LDS Church has gone to the devil because they gave up polygamy and it so was it given to like. another people. And of course, that other people would be the polygamy groups. And that's what all the polygamy groups believe because that's what they were taught in early Mormonism. So when LDS gave up polygamy, the diehard polygamist organized into independent and separate polygamy groups. Now, they all believe that the authentic priesthood authority was passed down to their group from John Taylor, who through a vision covenanted that at least one child would be born every year under the new and everlasting covenant that they called plural marriage, and they were required to keep polygamy alive. Since that time, the AUB, along with the other polygamy groups, have been prodigiously faithful to bring forth children and polygamous families. The mushrooming uh, result is obvious. But is polygamy a commandment from a loving God? And as we look at the plight of people in polygamy, especially the plural wives, we can't help but question how something that brings so much pain and confusion can come from a loving God. There are hundreds, literally hundreds of comments from ex-polygamists concerning the horrors of life in polygamy. One polygamous wife who left the AUB said that she struggled with being a woman in polygamy. She experienced insecurities, which included the necessity to compete for her, her husband's love. No one should have to do that. The woman's daily stress and depression got worse and not better, and so she was uh, reprimanded by her mother and other people because she wasn't representing polygamy to be such a wonderful thing and great experience. You can read some of her story at the link on the screen. You can go to our website, Polygamy, What Love Is This, um, uh, at our website and click show notes and click on the full link to get the full story about this. In 1993, one of the polygamy men in the All Red group discovered that several of their leaders were guilty of incest and child molestation. Some were even sentenced to prison for their crimes. So this man rightfully concluded that men who behaved this way could never be men of God, that they and their religion were a fraud. So they packed up their family, left the group, and moved to another city and state. Smart move. He was exactly right. These men who practiced sexual abuse, underage marriages, multiple spouses, Houses, enormous families that they cannot properly provide for are not men of God. We can say this because God said it. <laughs> In 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Well, that's pretty clear yeah, that a, a man is support, supposed to support his family. And he's not. God has not provided a special loophole for polygamists, and God never shows favoritism. And those who disobey God are not godly men. Now, about the practice of polygamy, one ex-polygamist who shall re remain anonymous said this. Polygamy is debauchery masquerading as religion. It is destructive to both men and children. Females are coerced and brainwashed into going along with it and suffer anguish when they do. Boys are kicked 
kept out on the street to make more wives available to the old man and the leaders. Welfare fraud is rampant. Now, this is from an ex-polygamist woman. <laughs> who would who know. Had, yeah, who would know. She's been on the inside, and she knows what it's all about. She knows what she's talking about. So would a loving God command a practice where destructive forces are constantly at work? God's love purposed monogamy, not polygamy. Recently, an event took place regarding the All Red Polygamy Group where the leader was accused of sexual molestation of his daughter several years ago. Again, we have a link on the screen where you can go to our website and click show notes and get more um, full information on this story. But it tells about Rose, <coughs> excuse me, Rosemary Williams, <coughs> pardon me, who is the third of five wives of Brady Williams. He has a total of 24 children from his five polygamous wives. They were once part of the AUB. Now, Rosemary claims that she was molested more than two decades ago by her father, Lynn Thompson, who was recently taken the leadership role of the All Red Polygamy Group. Now, Rosemary says her father fondled her when she was 12 years old, but she doesn't believe sex is widespread among the group. She has no plans to file criminal charges against her father, and she doesn't think it will do any good for her if she did that. But the reason she reported this is because she wants mothers to feel safe and comfortable enough to be able to come forward and report abuse when it does happen. Now, we don't know if Rosemary Williams doesn't believe that sexual abuse is widespread, either because she isn't informed or because she doesn't want to believe that it's widespread. But available reports and personal stories indicate sexual abuse is widespread in all of the polygamy groups with no exceptions. We want to quote part of a story from a woman that we will refer to as W. I am from the All Red Group. I was a stepdaughter of the Prophet. We used the Book of Mormon. We were taught all the same things as Mormons. We were told that the LDS were weak and that only strong women with true faith would stay in polygamy and in turn get into heaven. I left the polygamy religion and was smart enough to get out before I was married off. I was being called for when I was 14 and it was terrifying. I am still dealing with the damage done to me during my childhood. I have no idea how anyone would want to put that kind of pain onto their children. I will never do that to mine. From pure physical and sexual abuse to the horrible emotional abuse, it is nothing to pretend is good. It's the worst thing that has ever happened to me, and I'll likely always bear both physical and emotional scars. Obviously, wow. abuse does occur yeah. in the AUB. And it's strange that when she became a polygamous wife, Rosemary Williams positioned herself into the same kind of a polygamous situation that inspired the abuse by her father. Rosemary said she wants to do her part to prevent her father from abusing others. But does she not realize that it is the sexually oriented lifestyle that initiates and incubates the abuse and the abusers? We have another link on the screen. It's a long one, but go to our show notes and click on the link for more information on this story. Now, Lynn Thompson, who is Rosemary's polygamous father and her alleged abuser, is now the leader of the AUB, like we said earlier, but he is denying the charges. <clears throat> Rosemary said that she confronted him about his abuse, but he denied it. He said that he was going to pray and ask God to bring it to his memory if it actually happened. 
She also reported this abuse to another high-ranking AUB leader, but nothing was done about it. Secrecy and silence prevails in every polygamy group. The silence results in abuses that go unreported to outside authorities, and often even authority inside the group will not be privy to the abuse that's going on inside uh, their own homes. If you or someone you know is being abused and you've been threatened to keep silent for whatever reason, you really need to call someone outside of your religious environment and tell them what's going on so that they can come to your rescue. Members are taught from the cradle that the leader is God's mouthpiece. They believe he is to be obeyed, revered, and respected as such. According to their indoctrination, the leader is God's choice. He is considered a righteous man. He cannot do wrong or lead anyone astray. Often children who are raised in abuse don't even recognize that they are being abused or that it's illegal. It's something they, they know doesn't feel right, but then they all believe that God asks us to do things that don't feel right. For example, the practice of polygamy doesn't feel right, but they're required to do it. But contradictions like this are a huge part of their faith. Back to Lynn Thompson, whose daughter, Rosemary Williams, accused him of molesting her since he's now the leader. Could he have done something like that and still be chosen by God? Now, in Mormonism, when a person is called into an office of leadership, they insist it's a call from God and that it cannot be rejected at the risk of dire consequences. As a result, a leader is shown special respect and reverence by the members because, after all, God called him. Now, most of us believe that God doesn't make mistakes. We know God knows the future and that he remembers everything we've done in the past. Mormonism claims that when God calls someone, that person is worthy, holy, righteous, and that he will not go astray or lead anyone else astray. And if a man is worthy, it indicates he's been a good, honorable man of integrity and that his continuous works of righteousness are what makes him worthy. Now, when I say Mormonism, of course, includes all the Mormon polygamy groups and the method by which many of them appoint leadership. Keep this in mind as we share some very interesting information sent to me from a member of the AUB concerning the Pinesdale polygamous community in Montana. The Montana people are fighting for leadership. There are so many things going on with the group. People leaving, many angry that Lynn Thompson, who was the named leader by Lemoyne on his deathbed, was accused of molesting his daughters when they were younger. He won't answer the allegations because when he prayed about it, the Lord told him he didn't need to. So when the leaders interview members now, if they say they don't support him or if they're not sure, they won't give him a recommend or they remove them from their calling. It's sad that any group will put aside their integrity for the safety of their children, just so the leadership will face no challenges. In 1887, a remark was made by an English lord about the corruption of power over people, and the quote goes like this. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. There is no worse heresy than that the office sanctifies the holder of it. And how accurately this yeah. has proven to be true over and over again in patriarchal Mormonism and Mormon polygamy groups. A good example is Warren Jeffs and his <coughs> absolute power and corrupted leadership over the FLDS. And all this corrupted priesthood power is done in the name of God, which even makes it worse. 
but according to Jesus, no person is greater than another person. Jesus taught that true leaders are servants, not dictators. Godly leaders will serve and protect others, not lord it over them. In fact, Jesus called the holier-than-thou, self-sanctified, self-righteous religious leaders hypocrites, vipers, and filled with dead men's bones. The leader of the AUB polygamous community in Pinesdale, Pinesdale Montana, is Marvin Jessups. In a meeting on February 28th of this year, 2015, in light of numerous child sexual abuse allegations and other crimes, Marvin Jessup spoke to the people and we quote part of what he said. Now you will probably be shocked at some of what he said. In fact, we all should be shocked because what he said is uh, very bad and his grammar is atrocious, but listen to what he said. I'd like to address the people for a moment. Yesterday, a young man brought a paper to me made in the University of Oklahoma, and he said through the studies of this college that those who are sexually abusive to their brothers and sisters is not a problem. The courts have built it into a tremendous problem. This man said, I have one son that's in jail serving a sentence because the state of Montana doesn't look at it as easily as the state of Oklahoma. So he has one of his sons in jail. The paper says that's mistreatment. If you abused your sister or your brother before your marriage age, let's see how it says it. They get over it. It doesn't really affect their later lives. Now, I don't know if you folks believe that it doesn't affect their later lives or not, but that's what the paper said in the research from this university. But two or three percent of the people, it might have some effect, but other than that, it's such a natural thing, this boys will be boys type doctrine that we need not worry about it says the university of oklahoma so maybe we're barking up the wrong tree when we say we've got to guard our children against this molestation thing isn't that horrible <laughs> it is again the link on the screen you can go to that click show notes and you can get the full um the speech that he said and the, you know this man just threw at least several hundred boys and girls under the bus and if there is a report from the University of Oklahoma, like he claimed, stating that sexual abuse is not harmful, then that they'll get over it, that boys will be boys, we couldn't find it. He didn't give a reference to the paper that he quoted. He didn't give a date. So we don't know if he's taking it out of context or even if it exists at all. But we do know there is enough data in enough reports that prove beyond question the long-term destructive results of child sexual abuse and incest. People who disagree with their polygamous leaders are removed from leadership positions. Free thinking and free freedom of speech is rare. Questions are ignored about the sexual allegations of Lynn Thompson. They honestly refuse to govern themselves with honesty and integrity. Our ministry's purpose is to apply biblical authority and teachings to the doctrines and actions of polygamy groups and their leaders. If you're a member of a polygamy group or the LDS Church, we realize you've been taught the Bible is not trustworthy. But we hope, as we apply biblical standards to the practice of these leaders, that you will agree that the Bible makes sense, at least when applied to bad behavior. Let's compare the criteria God gave on how to choose leaders of His church <laughs> with how leaders your church are chosen. Found in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of, 
of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Now, it's interesting <laughs> to go through that and circle all these words, all these and we don't have time to do yeah. all that, but, but look at above reproach. Now, that doesn't mean that he gets by with something, but that he does nothing to hide. And notice words like respectable. He must be respectable. He must not be violent. Right. And we do have another passage in First Timothy chapter 3. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Deacons, likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. A deacon must be the husband of but one wife and must manage his children and his household well. Now, these passages includes all kinds of, of church leadership position in God's true church. Notice the leaders must be worthy of respect. Not that you respect him just because he's a leader, but that he has earned respect by his good behavior and morals. Verse 12, he must be the husband of one wife. At least, now this doesn't teach that he must have at least one wife, which is what they claim it teaches. <laughs> right. It means he must have only one wife. And these are requirements given by God for any, any true uh, godly leader of his people. Now there's not a polygamy group since Joseph Smith forward who ever measures up to these qualifications. We have another biblical passage from Titus chapter 1. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Wow, there's a lot yeah. of, of things to live up to there. Again, let's point out some specific descriptive words that God uses here. Blameless, he must be blameless. There can be no blame attached to this leader. Not that he is immune from blame, blame like Lim Thompson seems to be, but there is nothing that can be brought against him at all. He must have one wife. It says only one wife. He cannot be a polygamist. His children must be obedient, which means his sons cannot be sex offenders and abusers either. And I know that that hurts the Kingston polygamy group because their sons do. They must not be overbearing or violent or prone to anger. They must be self-controlled. And as we speak to members of the AUB or any of the polygamy group, do these qualifications describe any of their leaders? Do they describe your leader for whichever group that you belong to? Did you know that we are to judge our church leadership? Are they qualified to, to according to God's list of questions? If leaders were chosen based on God's standards, scandals would diminish, less deceit, Certainly, sexual abuse would decrease, and no more fear of police or legal authority. Everyone could live in peace each day, that is, if polygamy groups chose their leaders according to God's required standards. Now, Earl, as we talk through this, we do have a, a few minutes to, to talk. When, when leaders call in the LDS Church, when leaders are called, do they have a choice to say no? That the polygamy groups, they're called, they must go and do this. Is that the same way in the LDS church? I, I, I personally <laughs> never turned down a calling. Would so, you dare? Would you have well, dared? Well, I guess 
under certain circumstances, I suppose. I did have people when I was serving as bishop that, that uh, had reasons that they really couldn't fulfill the calling that, that had been given. And of course, I was praying, hoping that God was talking to me about who, you know, being inspired to call them. But sometimes I, I could see that there, it was either a health issue or a family issue, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes there were legitimate reasons. But yes, it, you, there's a sense of guilt there if you don't accept the calling. But they truly believe that God has called the person called, to this position. Called that person t and then in turn called them to the, yeah, the, the, that the leader's inspired mm -hmm. and that, they, uh, that they're making an inspired calling. And so, yes, they feel very obligated to, to accept the calling. And it's always, well, I don't feel worthy if that's the quick, or not worthy, but I don't feel adequate. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, you have arguments to say, well, God, God's calling you and you'll grow into it mm -hmm. and you'll learn what yeah. you need to. And yeah. I was wondering if, if the polygamists that you're aware of, are they aware of these people who have left and made these kinds of quotes to uh, and experiences? Oh, I think they're very much aware of what's going on. I don't know if they follow all the quotes and all these experiences, but they are very much aware. They deny them. They do. Uh, they, de they deny them lock, stock, and barrel. That so when a person leaves, they just discount that person. Anything negative that they would say, everybody inside they would the group just kind does. of shun that. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. shun that. Okay. Yeah, they think it's a lot like the LDS Church. Oh, they must have done something, done something really wrong. And so they are making this up, or they're just saying this to take the heat Satan's off them, and to, them and, and to make it look like that. Now, I just like with the AUB group, when, when these men land, landed in prison for sexual abuse, yeah. and they were leaving. Leadership. They were on the leadership council, and this man looked at that and thought, how could God have called them? God wouldn't call people like that to be in leadership position. Now, when we did the sexual abuse shows where bishops and these people in leadership in the Mormon church, if, if God really called them, would they really have behaved this way? Does well. God not know? <laughs> Well, he does, but I think you kind of figure what, with all the numbers of bishops or leaders that yes, they'll be their their men and that they will fall. Some and will they always some make will that. make mistakes and excuse them. Yeah. I, I think people are doing that with Joseph Smith and his yeah. many wives well, and his sexual and activities. And in First Timothy three seven, it <laughs> says that the leader must have a good reputation with outsiders. That's one <laughs> of the qualifications to become a leader. Yeah. Based on that requirement, Joseph Smith, he didn't have a good reputation no. with outsiders. No. Uh, Brigham Young didn't. No, Heber I mean, how would that work in today's callings uh, for leadership? Do they have a good reputation with people that, on the that, outside? That would be a criteria, wouldn't it, to, to measure up to. And, and I think the leaders now may, may have more than Joseph Smith did because he certainly didn't have a very good reputation with outsiders. No, he didn't. Um, in fact, he, he made that speech that nobody has ever left me yet. Even Jesus Christ didn't have as many people or had people leave him, but no one has left him. me. But when the rumors of polygamy first started, yeah. many, many, many people left him. Yeah. He doesn't say that, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and I, I think that... The, I think there were things that happened, and, and as a member, an active member before, I just excused that as people falling away, couldn't keep the commandments, weren't, in, you know, weren't mm -hmm. doing it. So, 
Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, you very much. You know, Jesus did not come to be served by a membership of some exclusive group. Jesus came to serve, and those who follow him must also be servants, not lording it over from a, others from a pedestal. Do your leaders exemplify servant leadership, or are they placed up on the unreachable pedestal? Jesus told us to judge them with the right judgment, and a right judgment is a biblical one. See you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.